0: We're in a series called A Christmas That's Different. Christmas That's Different. And uh, the whole premise behind this series is that as we celebrate Christmas, uh, also the world celebrates Christmas, but, but we should be celebrating in a different way. It should look different to the way that we celebrate and then the way that the world celebrates and uh so this is part 2 and it's titled come and see and uh we're going to be looking at the wise men but before we go in there I want to introduce a friend of mine he's the black rhino the black rhino lives only in Africa uh one of the most amazing animals in the world uh, the black rhino it looks you know, pretty big. The, the black rhino can grow to about one hundred and eighty centimeters in terms of its height. In the height, I'm one hundred and eighty centimeters, so you got to, it, It's it goes up to here, and it can weigh a uh, thousand kilograms, all right, A ton, huge. Um, there are five, only about five thousand black rhinos in the whole entire world. Um, obviously, not. Uh, many, but there are uh, 5,000 of them, and, and many people will travel to Africa just to get a glimpse of uh, this black rhino. Now, I was reading a lot of um, articles about people who do travel, uh, like uh, travel to go visit the black rhino or to go visit sights and sounds. My wife, uh, she's not here. She's travelling herself in... Uh, beautiful New Zealand. New Zealand. If there's anyone listening to our podcast from New Zealand, welcome. Um so she's she's there right now. That's why Esther's not here too, because they went together. Punks. You know, leave the band, leave your husband and your family. I won't go there. Um But something that I realized with any kind of journey or any kind of travel, there's three elements to it. Number one, there's a reason. There's a reason why you travel. There's a reason why you journey. Uh, Secondly, there's an expectation, an expectation of what to see. And and, and when you get there, you, you have that kind of expectation. And thirdly, it's when you get there, it's the response or the reaction of when you see what you see. And this seems to be the general pattern for any kind of major travel or journey in one's life. As we move into uh, closer to Christmas, uh, as we celebrate the birth of the Son of God Jesus Christ, we're going to look at a story about a wise, uh, a wise group of men, a group of wise men that travel to see Jesus. And I know that we know this story, and I hope that you know the story, but I hope that today that we'll be able to see it a little bit differently, and that the Holy Spirit will be able to illuminate this story into your life, just with that much more life. The story is from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. So let me read that, and then we'll get into it. Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 to 12. Maggie, I don't know what it is, hey, we'll go Magi, sounds more better, secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen By another route, amen. Instead, this is a story of the wise men traveling to see Jesus, and I want to use that framework of the the general pattern of of travel and journeying to look at this story. Number one, the reason for travel. Number two, the expectation of travel, and thirdly, the response when they get there. So. Let's just go through it, right? Number 1, what's the reason to travel? What are the reasons to travel for these wise men? Now, one of the things and let me begin here, we we sing a song called Three Wise Men. Is it? Then I think about it? is it Three Wise Men? It is, right? Yeah. Historically speaking, that's wrong just letting you know. This is the first thing that I learned in Bible college, and it's probably one of the most important things that I learned in Bible college, is that uh, not everything that we, we learn in church is necessarily the right thing. Um, but historically speaking, they don't actually know how many wise men there were. They could have There's three gifts, and so I think a lot of time, I think that's why we think, oh, three gifts, therefore three wise men, because one person brings one gift, kind of thing like that. But actually, there could have been hundreds There could have been hundreds of these wise men. And so why would hundreds of these wise men travel to see Jesus? Verse 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The Magi, or these wise men, were astrologers. They were astrologers who studied the movement of the stars. Um, astrologers were really, really important in those days because they were advisors to kings or high priests. Um, they're really important people, and 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 it's crazy, but they would study the the stars, and and from that study, they could conclude certain historical events. Uh, while they were studying the stars, they see a pattern in the sky, and they realize that something very important has happened, the birth of the king of the Jews. Now, these guys, these wise men weren't Jewish, okay? And that's why it says they came from the east. Um, They probably came from Iraq, around that area. Um, But you've got to understand that the whole idea of these wise men going to pay their respects to the new king of the Jews, it was kind of like a political thing. It It was like to go and pay respects to the neighboring country's new ruler, okay? Very important, uh, important enough for them to actually get up and travel, okay? So that was their reason to travel. Secondly, what were they expecting? Well, as already mentioned, they were expecting to see the king of the Jews. Now, we talked about how Jesus was prophesied, uh, it was a prophesied birth last week, And one of the prophecies that's mentioned is actually mentioned in verse 5 of this passage. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, this prophecy comes from the prophet Micah. Okay, Micah chapter 5, verse 2, I think it is. It's a prophecy that's given about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, what were these wise men, okay, not just from the study of the stars, but the the study of of prophecy, what were they expecting? They were expecting a royal birth, a royal birth, a prophesied royal birth, and what was their reaction? Verse 9, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen, when it rose... uh, These wise men, right, and you would have seen this in in a movie or in a cartoon, right, these wise men, they travel, they're following a star. A star is moving to guide them, and then the star stops above where Jesus is, and then these wise men said, not three, it could be hundreds. They turn up, and they, they see the star has stopped, and they realize that that's where Jesus is, the King of the Jews. They go, they see what? A baby now, chronologically, we, we think that, you know, Jesus was born, and then the very next chapter, like, the wise men went and saw him. Uh, historically speaking, it could have been six months. It could have been 12 months. It could have even been two years, that journey. Okay, so not nece- it might not necessarily have been a, a baby in a manger, but it might have been a one-year-old running around. All right, these wise men, these, these academic scholars, they get to that place, and they see the baby with Mother Mary, and their response is this. It is to bow down and worship him. Bow down and worship a baby. Bow down and worship a toddler. If anyone in our church gave any child that much attention, we would call the police straight away. Not only did they bow down, but they brought gifts. Gifts. Uh, We all know this, right? Gold, a precious metal. Frankincense, which is a perfume. And myrrh, which is an anointing oil. All gifts that were meant to be for royalty and royalty only. See, these three, uh, these, these wise men, They traveled to seek out Jesus. They traveled to seek out Jesus because he was a prophesied king. He was a royal birth. And they went to see for themselves and pay their respects. We know this part of the story. But there's a second part of this story that that gets overlooked a lot lot as well. Uh, It's... When you read the passage, we realize that it's not just the wise men that were actually looking for Jesus, but there were actually other people looking for Jesus at the same time, namely King Herod. (coughs) King Herod was the ruling king at the time, and he had heard. The Magi said, hey, we're here to worship, Uh, we're here to seek and and find the king of the Jews, And, and King Herod would have been nervous because King Herod would have been like, I'm the king. What do you mean there's a new king? And so King Herod also wants to find Jesus, also wants to seek out Jesus, but obviously for different motivation. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with it. Verse 7, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him, which is a lie. King Herod never had any intentions to worship Jesus. And we know this because as time went on, King Herod will then go and order every Jewish baby under the age of two to be murdered. See, for King Herod, the news that there was a new king was a threat to his throne. It was a threat to him. So he wanted to seek Jesus, not because of Jesus, but he wanted to get rid of Jesus. He had an agenda. He had his own agenda in seeking Jesus. And we see a very direct comparison between the wise men and Herod. The wise men who truly sought Jesus to acknowledge his birth, to acknowledge his kingship, to acknowledge the royalty. And you see King Herod who wanted to seek Jesus because Jesus was a threat to his throne and to his own position and own power. The wise men worship Jesus when he is found. King Herod goes and orders genocide for all Jewish boys two years and under. See, for King Herod, the journey is the same too. The reason, the expectation, and the response. But they are completely different to the wise men. Let me go back to the black rhino. There are many people that travel to go visit the black rhino. And a lot of people go to admire the black rhino. But there's also another group of people that are attracted to the black rhino and go to visit the black rhino. And these people are called poachers. They seek the black rhino not because they admire its beauty, not because they think it's a marvellous animal, but they seek it to find and kill it and sell the horn of the rhino. I did some research. What's so crazy good about this horn? Uh, supposedly, there are elements in this horn when they grind it up. It's, it's used in a lot of Chinese medicine, traditional Chinese medicine. And um, the price of this horn, which is amazing, right? The price of this horn, gram to gram, is double the price of gold. The black rhino horn is more expensive than gold. It is more expensive than diamond. So for those that are planning to get engaged, you really want to impress your fiance, you know? Stuff gold and stuff diamonds. Here's some black rhino horn. In 2016, remember I told you how many black rhinos there are? There's only 5,000 in the world. In 2016, a 1,000 black rhinos were poached. Now, this is the lesson that I want us to learn today, a Christmas that's different. We can look at the same thing, the same Christmas thing that we do every year. We can look at the birth of Jesus every year, and we can look at what that means, and depending on our approach we can see something completely different. Tourists, animal lovers will see the black rhino and admire it for its beauty. Poachers will see the same black rhino and see dollars and cents. My question tonight is this. As we approach Jesus, as we approach Christmas, what is our reason? What is our expectation? And what is our reaction? You know, we celebrate Christmas every year. Uh, Can I tell you one of the hardest things as a preacher is Christmas. It's the most joyous time of the year, but after you preach it a few times, you start to run out of ideas because you kind of feel like you're preaching the same thing. I'll be completely honest. I have to go back and look at my Christmas sermons from like five years before, just in case I'm about to preach the same one, right? It's hard to make Christmas fresh every year, and, and, and maybe that, that's not just for me, but maybe that's for you too. Maybe you're approaching Christmas and you're like, yes, 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 Jesus was born, and yes, 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 we we'll celebrate the birth of the Son of God, and yes, 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 but, but maybe somewhere along the way, The reason for approaching Jesus, our expectation for approaching Jesus, and our response for approaching Jesus may not be where it used to be. You know, for many people in this world, their approach to Jesus is that Jesus was a good moral teacher. He was a good person with good teachings. He's someone that we can learn from really good things. Um... You know, for some people, they just see Jesus as someone that's famous or infamous. You know, many people talk about him, so why not go and learn a little bit more about him? Or some people approach Jesus this way. It seems like everyone's getting some stuff out of him. Why don't I go and get some stuff from him as well? See, this is the way that King Herod approached Jesus, with his own agenda And with the desire, not for Jesus, but for himself. He wanted to approach Jesus, and not because of who Jesus was. But because it was a threat to his own kingdom. He had personal agenda. And as much as we go, we're not like that. Maybe we are. And I just want to give you a moment to really think about this. Maybe when we approach Christmas, and maybe when we approach Jesus, it's not really about who Jesus is, or what Jesus has done for us. It's more about, what can I get? Or, hey, everyone's talking about him, so I might as well go and listen a little bit. Or, you know, I'm a little bit bored on a Sunday night, I might as well go to church. And I think it's the time for us to really ask ourselves, why why do we approach Jesus? You know, in the whole calendar year, right, Christmas Day is the day that the churches are the most full. You know why? Because there are people in this world that will go to church once a year, and that's Christmas. Because if you're going to choose between Christmas and Easter, Christmas is is the more fun one, right, and you get presents and stuff. Easter's a little bit more doom and gloom. If you go to church twice a year, you'll go to Christmas and Easter. I don't know what you'd go if you go three times a year, maybe your birthday, Christmas, Easter, and your birthday. But for so many of these people that go to Christmas service once a year, that's all they do. What is their agenda? What is their reason to going to Jesus? I promise you, for, for all of them, it's not for Jesus. It's not for who Jesus is. It's not for what Jesus has done for us. It's not for what Jesus It provides for us. It's just for themself. It's for themself to feel good about, hey, I went to church this year. Hey, I went to church on Christmas Day. That's what you do on Christmas. It's just a tradition. I'd love to say it's just the majority of people like that, but I'd be pretty close to the truth to say that it's pretty much 100%. If you're going to church once a year on Christmas Day, you're not going for Jesus. You're going for you. This is how Herod approached Jesus for himself. But the challenge is tonight is to see that comparison between Herod and the wise men. And I really had to ask myself, what did the wise men gain? What did the wise men gain out of visiting Jesus? They weren't even Jews. It's not like their own king. What did they gain? You know, what did they gain by worshiping Jesus? What did they gain by by giving gifts to Jesus? Nothing. They just went to see Jesus for who Jesus was. Who was Jesus? He was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Messiah. The one that will come to save. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus was royalty, King and Lord over our lives. When we approach Jesus, this is how we should approach him. Not with what can I get from him. Or not what can he do for me. But who he is. He's the Prince of Peace. The Wonderful Counselor. The Good Shepherd. And when we respond, the challenge is this. When we respond to Jesus, our response should be like the wise men. It's to bow down and worship because we are in the presence of God himself. The Son of God, not just some kind of vending machine. I wonder tonight, friends, as you approach Jesus, do you feel or think that you are closer towards the wise men or maybe towards Herod? I know what the world says. They're more like Herod. They have no real desire to know Jesus. They just love Jesus because they get a free holiday holiday. Out of the birth of Jesus, or they get a celebration because of this guy called Jesus. You know, like people who celebrate Christmas. Uh, I reckon so many people they wouldn't even know who Jesus is, and yet they're grateful for Jesus because they get a holiday, they get a celebration, they get a reason to give and receive gifts. They're loving it because it's their own agenda. I just wonder for how many of us do we celebrate Christmas in the same way? But here's where we go back to the whole theme of the whole series. It's got to be different. We've got to do this different. If we look no different from the world in the way that we approach Jesus, then Jesus is no different to us than how everyone else sees him. If we're excited about Christmas because holidays and gifts and traveling and family, which is not all bad things, but if that is the highest point of our excitement, then we are no different from the world. Because all we are doing is presenting our own agenda and bringing it to Jesus and saying, thanks, Jesus, for your birthday, we get a holiday out of it. But like the wise men who came and traveled to Jesus to worship Him, to give gifts to Him, to honor Him, to recognize royalty, our approach to Jesus must be to bow down and acknowledge Him and and who He is and the whole story of Jesus. Not only His birth, but all the way to His death where He died on the cross for your sin and mine, changing the the direction of our lives in eternity. Friends, friends, As we approach Jesus this year, as we approach Christmas this year, I wonder, I wonder what eyes that you're watching it through. As said, even just in this room, we we could have very different approaches to Jesus. But I want to encourage you to look at these wise men, to take a, a, a leaf out of their book, to travel And to to approach Jesus because he is Lord and Savior. And to respond to him in worship. I pray that this year, this Christmas, would be different for you. And not like anyone else in the world. But that you would come to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And your response would be to bow down and worship because Jesus is Lord and Savior. Amen? Let's pray.